guys, this is it. The last episode before Summer of Slaughter. Dun, dun, dun. At first I thought you were going to say spooky season. I was like so excited. I got like a little chill, but I, I was like, no, 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 not yet. You're jumping the gun there. I felt like James Brown, like where you put the, you put the jacket on me and I was like, no, 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 I'm not dead yet. No, I'm not dead yet. I'm not ready Jesus. for it yet. I'm well, ready for spooky season. So we get, we got some fun stuff planned for spooky <laughs> season. I know. I'm so excited. But. First and foremost, Summer of Slaughter has to happen. Yes. Serial Killer Edition. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. I hope you guys are so excited. I think we only have one story that's not a serial killer. And that's through. because it's a special 100 anniversary, 100 year anniversary since it happened. Oh, it's an old, yeah. It's an oldie, but a goodie. An oldie, but a goodie, like your favorite sweatshirt. Yeah. I do love those. It's a classic. Um, we got some big names. Lots of big ones. You guys, get, you guys came in with the heavy hitters. Yeah, we did. For the schedule. You guys are going to be so excited. You only we did too many, did you? There's never so much as too many nah, serial I mean, killers. You're not going to see. All right. Let me just go ahead and tell you. Ted Bundy fans, you're not going to see Ted this summer. No. No. I tried. I, I. Sorry. I said, no, we can't. We can't burn all the good ones. Dad said no. Dad said no <laughs> to Ted Bundy. <laughs> Not not this year. Listen, I I we threw out so many serial killers and There's Eric a- was like, No, we can't burn those like right now. We can't. Well, I just didn't want it to be Yeah, I know all the, the top dogs, but don't worry. We still have some. There's some big boys in there. Big dogs are kinda gonna play. Ooh. Oh yeah. It's it's Oof. it's gonna be a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. People are getting slaughtered. Yes. In the summer. Mm. Well, at least this summer. Yeah. Let me talk about it. Uh, <laughs> Not all of them happened in the summer. <laughs> Not all of them. No. No. But a uh, lot, lot of them from California. Oh, yeah. Does that say anything? What's going oh, yeah. on in California? From, like, Washington to California, like, that whole West Coast. West Coast, man. What's going on the West Coast? What do you guys got going on? Some shit. Lead, lead in the pipes. Oh. <laughs> and then the paint. Yeah. <laughs> Some in the water. Some classics. But today, we're talking secrets, a staple secret society. Is it that, a secret if it's, if we know about it? It's not so secret. I mean, we I know. I mean, we knew about the He-Man Women's Hairs Club, so it's not really that much of a secret. I mean, what? We know the about He-Man Bohemian Woman Grove hair? now, thanks to Alex Jones. Oh, I touched a little bit. <gasps> no, no, I don't do, I don't dive far. We she, don't have time for that. That's not enough rabbit hole. They kind of overlap. Yes. Because today's subject. If you haven't read the title. Is Skull and Bones. Woo! This is our first secret society. Some, for our first birthday. Some would say it's a cult. Yeah. A death cult. Yeah. We like those. Some would say it's a secret society and some would say it's just a college frat. We'll let mm-hmm. you be the judge. But all of these members have some very... What's the word I'm looking for? Interesting futures ahead of them. And connections. Yes. And bloodlines. <gasps> I'm excited. Legacy members. You guys yeah. need to be excited with me. Excited. I'm so excited. Anyway. And without further ado, Sam, take it away. So 
Legend has it that the Skull and Bones Society has powerful members and mysterious rituals that are associated with the sinister conspiracy theories. The Skull and Bones Society was founded in 1832, 131 years after Yale opened its doors. Which, fun fact, I didn't know about Yale, which I always... It's not, it's not me if I don't do a fun fact. Um, it was used to be used... Like, it was primarily for, like, ministry. Really? Yes. I would not have thought that. Me either. Was it, like, know. a Christian college or something? It was used to, like, form ministerial people. Well, I think they do that. Something like that now. A certain ministry. Mm-hmm. Of shaping the future of our country. <laughs> so, Yale University is actually the third oldest school in the U.S., and it's known for its, quote, strange gothic elitism and its rigid devotion to the past. Journalist and Yale Secret Society member herself, not Skull and Bones, but another secret society. One thing about Yale is it was riddled with secret societies. Yeah, it's like not even... There's like tons of them. There's like 40-something, I think. Yeah, it's crazy. And they almost got rid of them all. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that'll get touched on. Yes. Briefly. There is so much. It's a lot. We honestly probably should have done two episodes on this, but we didn't want to keep you waiting for Summer of Slaughter. It's our birthday. so It is. It's our podcast birthday. It is. So it's fine. So put a pin in Alexander Robbins. I'm going to talk about her later. Um, when William Huntington Russell was a junior at Yale, he founded the Skull and Bone Society after spending a year in Germany among members of some of the most mystical and elite clubs in the world. When he came back, he was determined to start an elite secret society of his own. Soon after, he brought in Alfonso Taft. He served as Ulysses S. Grant's Attorney General and Secretary of War, and his son will go on to become William President William Howard Taft. And he is actually the first Skull and Bones member to reach the highest office in the country. First one. Not the only, but the first. And so the two boys, William and Alfonso, formed the Eulogian. Yes, that. Then in 1856, it becomes the Russell Trust Association. Then it later became the Brotherhood of Death. Oh, that's fucking metal, dude. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Way better than the Russell Trust Association. That sounds like a fucking wannabe law firm. Uh, yes, yeah, this is our debate club. I think that's where they were going with. Which, so the Brotherhood of Death would later become known as the Order of the Skull and Bones. Yeah, you're definitely not picking up any chicks at the college party with, uh, yes, we are in the... Uh, Russell Trust Association. Russell Trust Association. Fuck Russell. Like, it sounds like a fucking <laughs> prog rock band, the Russell Trust Association. Oh my God, the RTA. Well, now it just sounds like a, a military <laughs> complex, a bunch of does. mercenaries. It kind of does. The emblem of the society is a skull and bones, obviously, with the number 322 underneath it. And it's said to refer to the year 322 BCE after the death of Greek orator, orator Demo- Demothen? 
Demosthenes? Demosthenes, Demosthenes. Man, I can't talk tonight. Which was a turning point in the transformation of ancient Athens from democracy to plutocracy. Another rumor of how the 322 came to be was that it was founded in 1832, and it was the second chapter of a German secret society known as the Bavarian Illuminati, the 32 for 1832 and the two representing the second chapter of the society. I would say that one's probably horseshit. Probably. But with him going over to Germany and learning a whole bunch of esoteric shit, mm-hmm. um, you never know. But I doubt it. they have any connection to the Illuminati, but other than they have a lot of high, high-titled, high-powered people. Right. I would love to cover them. <laughs> well, the, the Bavarian know. Illuminati or the the mysterious one that we think governs the country now. Either one, yes. The answer is yes to either one of those <laughs> two episodes. Yes, fair enough. The members worshipped Eulogia, a make believe goddess of eloquence, glorified pirates, and reported hatch and reportedly hatched their own scheme for world domination. There's also a Bible verse in Genesis chapter 3, verse 22, that says, quote, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. So, there's that. Another origin story of the Skull and Bone Society was that it was founded after something to do with a fraternity called Phi Beta Kappa, um, also possibly another secret society. Well, no, it was. So Phi Beta Kappa um, at Yale was like the club everybody wanted to fucking get into because nobody knew who the members were. Right. So they they were kind of the OG secret society at Yale. At Yale. And then everybody was like, well, they couldn't, nobody could get in except like the elite of the elite. Mm-hmm. So then everybody started making their own secret societies. Right. And Phi Beta Kappa was actually forced to publish their member lists and reveal their symbol meetings and their rituals. And Phi Beta Kappa dispersed entirely, thus making way for the Skull and Bone Society to be born and rise to be the most influential society on campus. Yeah, because when Phi Beta Kappa got their their hand forced mm-hmm. to reveal their members list, um, Yale was cracking down on secret societies. So what was happening in America at that time was America's point of view on secret societies was not good. Um, No, and I am going to. Oh, no, I did not add that because it was more Freemasons. Yeah, it was because the Freemasons like there was a bunch of anti Freemasons rhetoric in the country at that time, which it's it's warranted to talk about. I won't get too much into it, but because of people's distrust in the Freemasons because of they're running the country in the shadows. Well, that and a man, I think his name was William something. Um, he was denied entry into his, the local Masonic lodge. And he was like, if you guys, I'm going to re- I'm going to release everything in a tell all book. Yeah. And he, they killed him. Yeah. Well, if you reveal the secrets of the Freemasons, they even say we will cut, Cut out your tongue. Like it, they take that shit real fucking serious, dude. I don't. I don't know if they. I think he was just deemed as like a missing person or something. Um, 
but his edit like his publishers like published the book anyway mm. i don't think i ever found the name of it so i don't know how long it lasted out in circulation but his publishers were like yep fuck it go ahead and print it anyway he's, yeah, he's the, gone the public response to that in particular mm-hmm. turned on all secret societies basically secret societies were damn near outlawed a lot of masonic lodges like shuttered like shut their doors yeah after this like you couldn't you couldn't go there it, it was i mean it was not a good time if you were in the in a club no sociologist george <sighs> simmel wrote about secret societies and secret keeping he found that secrets tap into the primal human need for information which i resonate with that because i'm a nosy ass bitch i need to know everything and i will not stop are you a until- stereotypical southern neighbor yes yes i am I am. Steve's over there like, what you got in the room? What y'all doing over there? Yeah. Yeah. I will be the first one to know if you go missing, though, or if you die in your house. Hey. And for that, we appreciate you. uh, Edna over there hasn't come out to get her trash in a while or get her mail. Tell me. mm -mm. Everyone needs to know this other neighbor. And that's me. (laughs) So. Well, everybody's got their place in the world, Sam. Yep. (laughs) I will happily sit in mine. Sam says, I will die on this hill. I will die on this hill. (laughs) So if something is being kept secret from us, we automatically believe that that piece of information holds some sort of value, making the secret keepers the holders of the something valuable. So we're like, oh, what do they know? Well, that must be really good if they're not telling anybody. Hidden knowledge. Yes. Which is why, like, esoteric... Uh, clubs like this did so well because it knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. But really, it's more likely it's just a bunch of drunk frat boys <laughs> doing rituals. Yeah, like playing dress up, sacrificing virgins. Well, maybe cats to and their goats. body counts. Yeah. Yes. There you go. I, I follow you. what you. I didn't know where she was Drink going. Drink it deep it. of this cup of Bud Light. Uh, can't. Now we drink the blood. It's just ever clear with Kool Aid. Yeah. Ugh. That's awful. Some PJ. <laughs> no, you didn't bring PJ into this. The fuck is PJ? Party juice, man. Oh, jungle juice? Basically. Jesus okay. juice, jungle juice, whatever you Jesus want to call it. Jesus juice. Yeah. Okay. Everything thrown in a bathtub and let's drink. Yeah. Let's Basically. see. We got three bottles of gin, two bottles of vodka, a bottle of Everclear, some uh, watermelon, some pineapple, some, some oranges. <laughs> Always with the watermelon. The Skull and Bone Society is actually the oldest of the several secret societies at Yale. Every spring since 1832, the society chooses 15 members from the junior class. They only started to include women in the early 90s. And it's called Tap Day or Tap Day. I bet they were really broken up about that. They're like, well, goddamn diversity. Gotta let the damn girls in. Uh, The juniors are notified of their choosing by a society member who ritually taps them on the shoulder. Among the new members are those considered leaders on campus and notable names that the society believes it could benefit from in the future. Mm -hmm. 
The Skull and Bones has always kept its affairs a secret, but its members weren't always hidden. From 1865 to 1916, 80% of Yale's professors were bonesmen. From 1862 to 1910, every university treasurer, aside from five, were also bonesmen. And from 1869 to 1921, every university secretary were also bonesmen. Yeah, when everybody is in a basically a death cult that is in charge of your, your university's money, it's probably not a good thing. Yeah, probably not. But I love the name Bonesman. <laughs> you would. <laughs> I knew you were going to. They love to bone. <laughs> well, I mean. I just fucked Christian up. Yeah, I'm up. <laughs> Christian, would, would you like to go see a Bonesman tonight? Is there a skull involved? Well, there, there's head. There's a head involved. All right, I'm done. Fucking <laughs> done. Done with you. That's a lie. For many years, the society posted the member roster. Some new members and some that were legacies. The initiation process to get into the Skull and Bones has been shrouded in secrecy, making many people believe it has something to do with black magic, occult practices, or even animal sacrifices. Secret time. They're having their own version of secret Secret time. Supposedly, during the initiation process, new members must lay in a coffin completely naked and recount... Oh, I love it. Uh, Sign me the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're not you're not selling you're selling this oh thing. wait what you hear what they have to do next stop it mm. <laughs> you're gonna love this sit back so once they get in the coffin completely naked they must recount their entire sexual history to the fellow members oh that's gonna take a while <laughs> that's gonna take a while hmm should Is we add you on summer of slaughter See what your body count is? Oh my god, that would be fucking hilarious. You don't want to know. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Think, I don't think anybody wants to know that. Once upon a time, not long ago, she was a hoe. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but now I'm not. <laughs> but now you're not. No, I'm not. It's said by that by exposing the most intimate secrets of their lives to each other in a vulnerable position, I'd say so, it fosters camaraderie and loyalty. So whether a young Harry Luce, the founder of Time Magazine, lay naked in a coffin and told stories about his sexual conquests, or if William F. Buckley, author, conservative commentator, and founder of National Review Magazine, jumped into a mud pie as part of his hazing, you could ask J. Richardson Dilworth, who manages the Rockefeller fortune, just how well off the Skull and Bone Society is and whether or not each member really gets a $15,000 gift and a guarantee of a lifetime of financial security upon being chosen, or if there is a sarcophagus in the basement of the tomb, which is their little headquarters, if, or if Supreme Court Justice Potter Stewart, back in 1937, dressed up as a skeleton and howled at the moon as a form of hazing in a red velvet room inside the tomb, or ask McGeorge Bundy, no relation to Ted, sorry, if he wrestled naked in a mud pie as part of his initiation as well, we may never know, you know, what's true, what's lore. 
Well, one of the pieces of lore is not only did they have to recount their sexual, sexual conquest. conquest, their their body count, if you will, <laughs> they also had to masturbate to completion in the coffin as the rest of the members watched. I did not read that. Yeah. So that is one of the stories they had Do to you at least get like some kind of fluffing material of some sort because just maybe start uh, from flaccid, just maybe a skeleton, a sexy skeleton to ooh, look at, ooh. provocatively posed. Mm. Look at my bone hole, baby. Oh god! <laughs> the look on your face is. Priceless. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know what that's. But uh, I don't know if you cover this know. later on, Mm-mm. but. Also, you can never ask these people these questions. Yes. Okay. Uh, William Buckley and McGeorge Bundy both went into the CIA after leaving school also. They're not the only ones. No, not their body count got bigger in a different way. (laughs) Actual bodies? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So, Alexander Robbins, the journalist I mentioned earlier... She published Secrets of the Tomb back in 2002. Oh, she is a stifling bitch. If she is going to just like out these people like that. Uh, or did she? No. Was it a misdirect? Mm, maybe. Skull and Bones is not the only secret society at Yale. There's Scroll and Key, Wolf's Head, Berzelius, and Book and Snake, just to name a few. Berzelius? Is that like the Brazilian god of butt lifts? No, not Brazil. Berzil. Oh. B-E-R. Usually BBLs going on in there, baby. No, no BBLs, sorry. No, there's got to be a club for that. Probably. There's a lot of real housewives on TV, so... I'm sure they have their BBS. I need to go join the hair club for men. <laughs> so all of the secret societies like to keep tabs on each other. Some in the form of dossiers that have reliability ratings in them. Students who were prospective bonesmen were ranked by their social class rather than their ac- academic performance Those with fathers who held high civil offices were often at the top of their list, whereas students whose farmers were farmers, merchants, mariners, and artisans would be at the bottom. This hierarchy determined every aspect of their life at Yale from where they were housed, even down to where they sat in class, and what order they were announced at graduation. So, with the Bonesmen, and once again, I'm probably doing you've probably already talked about this later on or you will talk about it later on but they have to pledge allegiance to their brotherhood above no, I all else I, 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 okay. I didn't go into that. so when you become a member of skull and bones your brothers come first mm-hmm. bros before ab- hose. above all else literally a bros before everybody everything yeah. all the time so like if let's say there was a situation at hand and you needed to help cover something up. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the the brotherhood would help you cover that up in yeah. a high position of power. Yeah. They look they have each other's backs 100% at all times. Mm-hmm. It is truly a brotherhood even if it's to the even if it's advantageous to the country. Mm-hmm. They will they will have each other's back first mm-hmm. and foremost. Mm-hmm. 
It was already decided where they'd fall before the student ever set foot on campus, and it was nearly impossible to improve their standing beyond that. All freshmen were seen as low man on the totem pole and had the most rules to follow. They couldn't wear hats or carry canes, which were both status symbols at the time. They couldn't address the senior students by their name, only as sir. This is back when they were first starting out and it was only men in the skull and bones. Uh, they, this paved the way for hazing, which the bonesmen called, quote, trimming. Upperclassmen believed that it was their responsibility to improve the freshmen and mold them into proper Yale men. If any freshmen were caught breaking the rules, they could be trimmed by an upperclassman. Yale actually approved of trimming until the mid-1800s. A freshman was allegedly drugged from his dorm and out into the woods where he was stripped naked and covered in paint and forced to have his head shaved. That's what it took. Yeah. Um, a lot of the old colleges were all about it. It's, it's just mm -hmm. like good old fun. Yeah. So just like, boys having fun. I'm sure a couple people died and that got swept under the rug, too. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Alexandra said in a 2003 CBS interview, quote, the skull and bones is so tiny. That's what makes this staggering. There are only 15 people a year, which means there are about 800 living members at any one time, end quote. She actually spoke about to about 100 bonesmen who were tired of the secrecy. That's the only reason why they were willing to speak to her. She said, probably twice that amount hung up on me, harassed me, or threatened me. Yeah, they don't take kindly to this shit. No. Reporter poking around journalist whatever no the secret societies at yale all have their little headquarters there are 41 secret societies at yale skull and bones is actually the fifth richest but the most powerful which doesn't really track but whatever it, it does because they're in very influential positions Right, but the fifth um, richest, I feel like the most powerful should be the richest. But it's it's not based off of that. It's not based off of wealth. It's based off of like power. Where where your family's ties are. Yeah. Which is how they chose their members. Mm-hmm. Of where their family was at, right? Yeah. No, yeah. Well. So it's it's like your dad is a printing mogul. So like let's just look at it back in like the late eighteen hundreds. If, if your dad was a mogul of, like, the newspaper industry or the printing industry, well, we can use this to, to shape public view. Mm -hmm. So it, that's why it's the most powerful. Yeah. It's because of influence. And then these members are tied for life. Yeah. Like, Skull and Bones comes first. The, the club's interests are first, always. Yeah. Skull and Bones headquarters is known as the Tomb. It is a Greek Revival style building. When it's windowless and a brownstone on High Street, just off of campus, where members gather for events and meetings since the society's conception in 1832. It's rumored to have a landing pad on the roof for the society's private helicopter. It was built in 1856, and it was doubled in size in 1903 and has been since further enlarged. 
which brings us to the year 1918. Under the cloak of night, Yale student Prescott S. Bush, the father of George H.W. Bush, dug up the grave of Geronimo, an Apache leader who and medicine man who died in 1909 and was known for his resistance against anyone, Mexican or American, who tried to remove his people from their tribal lands. He spent the last 23 years of his life as a prisoner of war. Prescott and several other people took Geronimo's skull and two of his bones and some of his riding gear from his grave at Fort Sill in Oklahoma and brought them back to Yale where they've been on the on display at the Skull and Bones headquarters ever since. Also, the skulls of former President Martin Van Buren and Mexican revolutionary Pancho Villa are in the tomb. What's crazy is their headquarters is an actual tomb. There's no windows. Yeah. It's an actual tomb. Yep. And uh, the family of Geronimo was like, you you cover that? Okay. I'll leave that. That's at the end. Gotcha. In addition to the tomb, Skull and Bones also owns Deer Island, a small plot of land in the St. Lawrence River in Alexandria, New York. It's used for get-togethers for the members. Every new member is required to visit. Servants used to serve decadent catered meals in nice cottages on the island. Though little is left of the buildings, the 40-acre retreat has dense undergrowth, some stone ruins, and one small lodge. One bonesman described it as a, quote, beautiful dump. It's also said that Deer Island is used as a retreat for members to spend the weekend and, quote, rekindle old friendships. You'd think with all that money they would, like, repair it and not let it set in disarray. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe since then. I don't know. Throughout history, some of the most prominent American figures have been bonesmen, handpicked Yale undergrad alumni to join the ranks of the the elite. Papa Bush and Baby Bush, so George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush. So that's three presidents have been bonesmen. Yeah. Crazy. They followed in Granddaddy Bush's footsteps during their time at Yale. Members of the Skull and Bone Society have included a ton of government officials, such as former Secretary of State John Kerry, as well as actor Paul Giamatti. I am not shocked by the John Kerry thing. Well, that would have made either option in the 04 presidential race a -hmm. bonesman. Mm -hmm. No matter who won. I talk about that. Oh, well, fuck. Shut up. I dove deep. I, I just got, I get so excited about I know like you this. get excited. I know you get excited. Some people claim that the Skull and Bone Society was responsible for the Kennedy assassination, creating the nuclear bomb. They're sponsored and influenced by another prominent, not-so-secret society, the Illuminati. And even that they have control of the entire CIA. But if the Skull and Bone Society was, in fact, connected to the Illuminati... It's likely that the Illuminati would be answering to the Skull and Bone Society and not the other way around. That makes sense. That tracks. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't think that the Illuminati have any ties with Skull and Bones. I'm going to flat out say that right now. 
um, what was the founding members influenced over in Germany? 100%. But I don't think it was the Bavarian Illuminati. I think there were other forces at work there. These theories aren't so off base, even though some of them sound pretty far-fetched. At different points in history, Bonesmen have had control over the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, Fords, and even the Heinz, yes, the ketchup, fortunes. They've had members rise up through the ranks and obtain high offices in the Council on Foreign Relations, powerful media corporations such as Time, and even three presidents of the U.S., Taft, and the two Bushes. During the 2004 presidential election, John Kerry and George Bush were both Skull and Bones members. Both men were asked about life as Bonesmen during the debates, and neither men would comment. John Kerry said, quote, it's a secret and wouldn't say anything else. George Bush said, quote, so secret, I can't say anything more. That was added into his autobiography. Bonesman Harry Stimson, Secretary of War under FDR, described his experience in the tomb to be the most profound one in his entire education. So normally when the Bonesmen are asked about Skull and Bones, Mm -hmm. they either give a short statement or they just get up and leave the room. They just disregard it and leave. Mm -hmm. It really just depends on who you're talking to. Is that what it is? If they're going to say anything. No, but they can't. They're not going to say anything, but who's going to say anything? I can't can't talk about that. Or it's going to be a a secret. Yeah. You can't know. Much like the members of Bohemian Grove, they're like, no, we're not talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. During George W. Bush's administration, he had at least five bonesmen on his staff. Circling back to the Skull and Bones Society and their ties to Germany, I think, you know, I think you might know where I'm going with this a little bit. Uh, There's a theory that the society is linked to the Nazis and the Communist Party. The Nazis had connections to people in power in American politics. Now I fell down this rabbit hole. (laughs) And I hit every link on the way down. Um... I didn't want to believe that the Nazi party was connected in any way to our politics over here, obviously. But I was like, holy shit. Uh, There's a clear and defined path of Nazi bloodlines in the American political circle. Investigative journalist John Buchanan looked deeply into the Bush family. He found that Prescott Bush was involved with Nazi Germany. I feel like you're talking about this. Uh, He was involved in a money laundering scheme for the Communist Party. His corporate assets were seized in 1942 for aiding the enemy. But still, that plus a few other scandals didn't hinder him from becoming a U.S. senator, paving the way for the two other Bush babies to enter into the world of politics. What's interesting about this is they're playing both sides because at the end of the day, what I believe Skull and Bones wants is chaos. Yeah. It is chaos theory. Um, If we fund the Nazis and we fund the Communist Party, one of those will come on top. And it's just a game. Mm -hmm. It's it's a massive game of risk. It's, it's, It's literally a game. It's like roulette. But 
it, it, it's mind blowing. And I, I ask, do some more research on this it's, because we, we want to talk. We could harp on this for two, two to three episodes, mm-hmm. but it, the history between the Nazi party, the skull and bones and the communist party is insane. Yeah. George H.W. Bush became the head of the CIA and eventually the president and was involved in the Carlyle Group that held military contracts. George W. Bush later became the president following in Papa Bush's footsteps. He declared war after the 9-11 attacks and blamed bin Laden and al-Qaeda. Supposedly, the bin Ladens were major investors in the Carlyle Group. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be on a list of things to be taken care of after this episode. Jesus. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be around for summer slaughter too. <laughs> if I find if I wind up dead, I did not kill myself. I'm just gonna allegedly. Allegedly, uh, the Carlisle Group flew the Bin Ladens out of the U.S. when all air traffic control was brought to a screeching halt. There's a video about the Carlisle Group and the Bush connections to Bin Laden's on YouTube. The Bin Laden's. Uh, highly recommend you watch it. Maybe we can link it in our episode description. Yes. Okay. See. I will send it to you. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. It will allegedly, supposedly, maybe. I need you to make a soundbite of allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, all this is alleged. Yeah, supposed. Please, please it's not real. Please don't unalive us. Please. In my research into the Carlisle Group, which did not go very deep because it freaked me out, um, it brought me to the Bohemian Grove Club. And honestly, like we don't have enough, we don't have enough time to dive into Skull and Bones and the Bohemian Grove in the same episode. Oh, it will be its own episode. We just we there's no time. The limit does does exist. They are Sorry. intertwined though. Yes, I want to talk about the Skull and Bones logo for a second. The skull and bone symbol can be traced to Nazi Germany through the Bush's family bloodline. The skull and bone symbol was used by Nazi SS officers and is now used by soldiers all over the world and also pirates. Yeah, I want to say it probably came more from the pirates. I'm with you on that because I feel like that was like a pirate. Na- Nazis did have a way of stealing symbols. Uh, is they stole it, a lot of things. They stole the swastika from the Hindus. Really? Yeah. It's what? Yeah, the swastika isn't just something that they fucking came up with. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Learned yeah, something they, new today. They stole the black sun, the black sun icon. They they took that for themselves. The, the Nazis basically. Ooh, we got to do a Nazi episode. I don't want to do a Nazi. Oh, episode. next year we're doing a Nazi no. episode. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I can't even throw in allegedly. Uh, I, 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 I will <laughs> allegedly do the research for that episode. Perfect. In 2009, descendants of Geronimo attempted to sue the Skull and Bone Society for the skull in question, but they were unsuccessful. U.S. District Attorney, or District Judge Roberts ruled that the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act only applied to grave robberies that took place after the law was enacted in 1990, and Geronimo's remains were taken in 1918, allegedly. 
Thank you, Sam. You're welcome. The Skull and Bone Society has also been linked to eugenics, which is Greek for good birth and is the study of methods to improve the human race by controlled selective breeding. Ding, 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 which is also a tie to the Nazi party. Yes, it is. They, the Nazis were super into eugenics. Yes, they were. And some say eugenics are still going on today. Where? Planned Parenthood. Oh. Yeah. But we'll I did not know that. Oh, yeah. There, there's like a big study up on it. Um, I was reading an article, and I'll link that article in our episode description on Apple Podcast. Yeah. Uh, highly recommend you read it. Okay. We got two links down there for you mm-hmm. to read. Man, y'all going to be doing a lot of reading <sighs> this week. Yeah, we are. We're testing, by the way. Oh, yeah, bless it. It's multi-choice. Perfect. <laughs> Did you listen to the episode? A or B? Yes or no? <laughs> Did you share it with your friends? A or B? Yes, yes or no? Yes or absolutely. True yeah. or false? Yeah, true or false. Are, are we your true. favorite podcast? True. True. The answer is just true. There is yes. no other choice. You'll, you'll be uh, beaten with a fire hose <laughs> by the CIA if you pick false. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 (laughs) It could be that the members of the Skull and Bones are trying to take over the world, but it could also be that they're actually, there's actually nothing going on in there that's noteworthy, and they could all enjoy being the center of wild conspiracy theories. Hundreds of books, documentaries, and TV specials have been released in attempts to learn more about the inner workings of the Skull and Bone Society. But the only way to really know how it is on the other side of those tomb doors is to become a member yourself. I'm good. I'm too old. I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to pass. I don't want to jerk off in a coffin. I don't want to lay naked in a coffin That's and recount my sexual super, conquests. It would be super relaxing. I would like to lay in a coffin, just not naked and recount my sexual conquests. Well, I mean, laying I in a coffin naked's fine. Uh, it's it's the whole letting fucking dudes watch me jack it that kind of turns me off of the whole thing. Girls have to do that too. Yeah, yeah they got to play DJ Diddles on the ones and twos. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I love you. Well, that's the Skull and Bones, guys. Yeah. Uh, there's so much more to this that we we basically sparks, sparks note this one for you. Uh, and there, yeah, there was. Like I said. I feel like you had to go down the rabbit hole for this one. Uh, I did. Like there was see, no I went down different rabbit holes for it and I got really excited, but I was like, this this is just too much. It was I I, I that at one point I was just like I, I I don't know I don't where am I? What do you guys think of the skull and bones? Do you think it's just a bunch of frat boys or do you think it's there's something to this? Uh, you first. Yes and no. I fully believe what George Simmel was talking about that if I keep well at least in for me if you keep something from me. I'm going to assume that that is a juicy piece of information. I need to know what you know. See, that is where me and Sam differ because I don't care. 
<laughs> I don't care. I am just whimsically living through my little life, and I don't even care. Don't worry. There's some guy that cares enough to have a push pin board with yarn on it. And it's going <laughs> to figure out all the secrets to the, the skull and bones. And I am totally fine to listen to that because I'm excited about it. And yeah. I'll be excited with you. But yeah. as actually doing the research on it, I'm like, nah. I'm and that man's that. name was Alex Jones. <laughs> I'm broken to Bohemian Grove. No, God. Uh, Did he really? Yeah. Yes. He's the one that blew the lid off the case on Bohemian Grove. Yes, oh, video. shit. Yeah, he's yeah. the one that like, videoed the cremation of care. That's like what made Alex Jones Alex Jones. Yep. That's oh, shit. It was Why exposing Bohemian Grove. It's really cool. They worship Speaking an owl god named Moloch. Okay. Speaking of other things that are cool, can you believe that we are at a year? I know. I just want to thank you guys so much. Again, you're going to hear this. We love you. We thank you for everything. We just appreciate you. This is the time when Eric tries to tell me what to do and go ahead. Drop the socials. <laughs> Thank you. I do take those cues. <laughs> Speaking of which, make sure you guys are following us all the socials, Facebook, Instagram. Make sure you guys are downloading the episodes. We really appreciate it. Please leave us reviews. We appreciate those we, comments. We need the reviews. Good, bad, ugly. We like it. Pref- preferably good reviews. Well, we like if the there good. is something that you would like to hear, after our scheduled programming of Summer Slaughter, we are always down to hear some feedback. So make sure you guys are listening and everything, and make sure you guys are downloading the episodes. And we love you so, so, so much. And it is about to be a very bloody summer, and I hope you guys are rolling for the ride with us. Yes, and be sure to follow us on Twitter, too. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got some cool stuff on there. And TikTok. Mm-hmm. Sam's doing the God's work with the TikTok. I'm doing God's work. All right, guys. Well, we will see you for Summer of Slaughter 2. Next week. Yeah, I'm very excited. Kicking off with a doozy, though. Yeah. I'm excited. There's even a vacation involved in this story. A few vacations. Damn it, he's on a theme. (laughs) I had to. I had to do it. I had to do the vacation thing. Because it's it's like our summer vacation. Oh, summer vacation. (laughs) Summer vacation. Make sure you guys stay creepy. We love you. Stay creepy. See you next Friday. Bye. Bye.